Hey there, friend. So today, um, my children are watching Sonic 2. It's a Friday afternoon, and the air fryer is going in the background. The dog is also chewing on a toy. Um, this is life, and I'm going to record this podcast. Um, there will probably be, be distractions. Um, just wanted to first hop on and say, um, if you haven't re- uh, given the podcast a rating or review, Um, if you could do that, open up your little podcast app and leave a glowing review, that'd be great. Um, cause then other people can listen and get encouraged and whatever the Lord wants out of this. Um, I'm always fully trusting that whoever is supposed to hear this will, and that that doesn't need to be a lot of people. It just needs to be like the person God needs it, needs to hear. So anyways, today, um, we're going to talk about encouraging your husband or your partner, um, in his spiritual life. And this came across a question box that I asked. Somebody said, you know, something, how do you encourage your husband to be the spiritual leader? Um, and I'm kind of like all encompassing that into kind of like, what do you do if your husband is maybe not as faithful as you are? Um, maybe not as into his, into faith and theology and, um, tradition and all these things. And like, what do you do when you feel like you're carrying the spiritual weight of the household, you know? Um, so we're going to talk about that. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Holy Hot Mess podcast. I'm your host, Heather, and this is the podcast where we strive for holiness, even when everything in the world and our personal lives can feel like it's a massive hot mess. From deep theological chats to simple practical advice, we talk about it all here, all in hopes that we can encourage each other to keep our eyes, hearts, and minds set on heaven. Okay, so here we are. And again, I'm just going to be speaking from the heart. Um, Don't ever take anything I say is like the be all and end all of anything. Just uh, speaking and hoping that it speaks to my own heart, speaks to other people's hearts. So, um, I think first and foremost, if you feel like you're the person that's like, we have to say our rosary, are we getting to mass? Like, and you just kind of feel like spiritually you're the one, um, guiding and leading that. I think that is something that that's okay. Like if somebody else is not um, maybe where they are in their spiritual journey, that as a couple, you can kind of carry that weight a little bit. I think another perspective to look at is, um, and something like a hard pill I have to swallow is, am I letting my husband lead? You know what I mean? Like I control everything in every aspect of our lives and our home and um, because I'm the one in the home all the time. So the prayers before meals and, you know, all these things. And I have had to stop recently and get a little retrospective on like how I am allowing him to lead. For example, somebody posted something on, uh, the Instagram that said, like, let your husband pick the pick where you sit at mass. And it's funny because I was like, what does that even mean? Like we sit in the same place every single Sunday, you know, front, 
front right. <laughs> and, um, but I just thought, huh, instead of me marching into that church with four kids under my arm and, you know, marching in and finding our seat, what if I just held back and let him lead us into church? And I just kind of like, I never even said anything to him. It just started becoming something where I was like, you know what? I'm going to just allow him to like be our shepherd walking into mass. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't know, it's like changed my heart a little bit more to just be open to the fact that like, okay, when it's time for family prayer, am I saying, okay, guys, come around in the name of the father and of the son, or am I saying, okay, you know, Hey, Brandon, can you call everybody for prayer? And then whenever he does and somebody starts praying, I'm like, hold on, let's let daddy lead. He's the head of our family. Little, just little things like that. And I think like they're making a little bit of a difference. And so I think there's that aspect. Are you allowing your husband to lead? You know what I mean? Like, um, are you assuming he doesn't want to? Because I think that's another assumption is if he's not actively trying, does that mean he doesn't want to? And I think that's where couples dialogue can come in. So I did a couple episodes a long time ago. Like I'm talking pre-pandemic, which seems like an eternity ago. I actually started to listen to this work from home mom podcast, which is funny because I'm not really a work at home, work from home mom. Um, but I was looking for like practical tips on how to save my sanity in my house and like productivity and stuff and stumbled upon this podcast. It's great. I'll link it. It's called like systemize your life. I like it. Um, but I started at the beginning and I started listening and <laughs> she's just talking about like all this cute hopes and dreams for the year 2020. Like this is a new year. Let's set our goals, whatever. And I literally was laughing out loud. Cause I'm like, this girl has no clue. And I'm sure if I go back and listen to my podcast, like from end of 2019, early 2020, that like, I just had no clue. Like the absolute dumpster fire that was going to be like 2020 and 2021. Um, so anyways, it was cute, but, um, where was I going with that? Oh, so I, I went from, this is ADD speaking. I went from, I did a couple episodes to, I'm listening to this new podcast. Okay. Back to, I did a couple episodes on domestic church. So we went on this couple's retreat. Um, it was super cathartic for our marriage. I talk all about it in, um, that podcast. It was pre pandemic. Uh, but um, we actually did not end up sticking with staying in a domestic church circle. It seemed like more of a burden. And I'm just, this is my honest opinion because of the whole pandemic thing. It was like the moment anybody had a sniffle, they would cancel. And then if more than, if there were less than five couples that could meet, they canceled the whole thing. And so there was all this rescheduling. We could never find childcare because everybody else in our circle was like vying for the same babysitters. Anyways, it was hard. And then because there were so many people in a circle, I felt like we could never really get deep into the spiritual conversations because you're supposed to have seven couples and a priest there. And it felt like two to three hours of this meeting, we were not able to get on a deep level when it's just basically question and answer. If there would have been three or four couples, I think it would have been a totally different story. But um, anyways, one big takeaway that we had from 
this domestic church retreat and the whole mindset around creating a domestic church movement in your home are these seven promises. And I'm going to be totally frank right now. We're not doing any of these promises. Uh, barely doing any. You're supposed to make promise to be in the word daily. One, personal prayer. Two, couples prayer. Three, family prayer. Four, um, a couples dialogue once a month, which is basically a meeting. Oh, that was a yawn. 3.40 p.m. yawning. Um, it's basically a couples meeting like a CEO of a business would have. I'm going to dive into that. That is the one that I think is good um, for this topic. Uh, then you have to, you're supposed to go on a family retreat once a year. And then out of your couple's dialogue, out of your monthly meeting, you come up with this rule for your life. Um, meaning, okay, we've we've identified XYZ issue or snag or whatever. Okay. Um, I got interrupted by a child, um, who is speaking loudly in the background. (laughs) Um, so you make this rule that is basically the, your idea to try to fix whatever the issue is, um, that, that you may have identified. Okay. Uh, during this couple's meeting. And the, the interesting part about the couple's meeting is that because it's done monthly and it's done with, um, just the two of you, you're not going in to a fight. You're not going in to um, confront somebody about something. You literally spend the day or two beforehand in prayer, just kind of thinking like, okay, what could we talk about? And the idea is that you are putting out fires when they're just burning embers, not when they're full flamed fires. So the topics you would generally um, touch on is you would sit down with your spouse and you pray together. You invite the Holy Spirit to be there in that space because your marriage is between you, your husband, and the Holy Spirit. So if you are denying the third person in your marriage um, the ability to put the input, then that's when um, things can get hostile, defensive, things like that. So you basically sit down and you say, okay, how are you doing in life? Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationship-wise, intellectually, okay? Um, And then they turn around and you do the same thing for you. How am I doing mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually? Um, And that's a really good time where you can say, you know, I feel like there's no physical touch in our marriage and that's really bothering me. And then I can come back and say, well, I'm feeling like I don't have time to get to the gym or take care of myself. And so I feel frumpy and disgusting all the time. And it's this open simmer of being able to just like, okay, we're going to talk about this one. And we're going to talk about this one. And before it's like this huge thing where you haven't been intimate in two months and then all of a sudden you're screaming at each other. And you know, like that, that doesn't need to happen. There's, these are also the times where you can say, you know, I feel like I'm on social media too much and like intellectually, I'm at this point where I'm just watching other people's lives on social media and I really feel intellectually very dry. And that could be, you know, your rule of life could then be, okay, uh, no phones after 7 p.m. And uh, we're going to pick 12 books that we're going to read over the next year, you know, whatever. That could be your new rule of life. Um, Spiritually, I'm feeling super dry. And that would be the conversation where you could sit down subtly uh, 
kindly, charitably, and just tell your husband, like, where are you spiritually? You know, um, I like to write and express my feelings vocally. And so I'm pretty good at doing that. I know that most men (laughs) don't love uh, word vomiting all the time. So like, maybe he's in a spiritual rut. Maybe you could say like, you know, I've, I'm feeling spiritual dryness on my part. And I think I, we, I need to make a, a commitment to go to confession once every two weeks and, um, you know, daily mass or whatever, whatever the things are. And I think bringing this up and being able to say like, you know, the more faithful I become, the more I realize, like, I'm not giving you the space to be the spiritual head of our family. Um, and that doesn't need to look like being the spiritual head as in the person who's forcing the prayers and scheduling confession and things like that. Sometimes it just needs to be that he himself needs to be more prayerful. Um, and that is what's going to bring me to the final point. And this is the most, uh, feather ruffling that the, the humble part that we as women have to realize is one, you fix nobody. You are going to fix or change or convert, um, no one. And I'm saying this, if your husband is Catholic, if your husband is not Catholic, if, um, he's a super faithful Catholic that you feel like might be in a dry spot, like it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. Once you let go of the pride that you think you will convert anyone by the words you say or the actions you do, it's not going to happen. The only time you have an ounce of influence on anybody else's spiritual life is when you do nothing but become a mirror. I don't know why this analogy is what came to my brain. But when you humble yourself to just look at how little and obedient and um, faithful loving, kind, gentle, patient, joyful, I can be because I am spending time on my personal relationship with Jesus. I am spending time in the word and I'm admitting this right now. I don't know the last time I opened my Bible. Um, I really got out of the habit of being in adoration all the time and I can feel it in my soul. So it's one of those, like take the rod or two by four out of your eye before you talk to somebody else about a splinter in theirs. Um, that there are people who spend years and years and years of their life praying, fasting, offering up sacrifices for their spouse, um, to not be an atheist, like not even just not, not even to like to convert to Catholicism or to be a, go from a cafeteria Catholic to a faithful Catholic, um, they're like St. Monica. She's one of my favorite saints. She literally spent like 17 years praying for her kid and her husband. And it wasn't until her husband's deathbed that he converted or like a couple months before his death. But her son ends up becoming one of the greatest like theologians that ever walked this face of the earth. Um, and it's just funny because it's like God did all of that. She did none of it. She remained faithful in her own littleness. Um, 
and she was fierce. Uh, she had boundaries about her convictions and morality and things like that. And she made sure that those boundaries were respected, but she did not force the faith on anybody. You're not going to talk someone into faith in Jesus. You're not going to, uh, lecture them into a relationship with the living God. You, you are going to do none of it. And when we realize that like, it's the Holy spirit, that act of surrender. And I don't even know if this is the answer this person wanted to this, but the act of surrender does a lot for the humility in your own soul. But then you relinquishing the control of that then allows God to work. And so practically, like, are you letting your husband lead spiritually lead in your home? Like, are you, um, it is not your job to be his mother to say like, have you read your Bible? Have you prayed lately? Like, that's not your job. Um, your job is to love him, to will the good of him. And we can often, when we try to do that conversion act of the Holy Spirit, that we try to do the tugging at the soul, that the Holy Spirit really is the only one who has the reign to do. When we start doing that, we're actually pushing them away, right? So simple things like changing your perspective and calling out the rod in your own eye. Things like, hey, I'm not waking up before the kids. I'm in a bad mood. I wonder if maybe could we wake up in the morning and sit on the couch with each other and just spend five seconds reading the gospel to each other. Like, I feel like that would really fill my cup up first thing in the morning. Do you think we could try and do that? That is not looking at your husband and saying, you don't read the Bible enough. You know what I mean? That's me looking at me and saying, can you help me in this area? And like nothing but good fruit can come from being in God's word or being in prayer. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That was my little answer to that. Uh, and I think a lot, a lot can be said on when you work on yourself and your own relationship with Jesus, because then you get to become that mirror where you are just reflecting God's goodness back onto other people. And the the focus is not on you. It's on that. It's the reflection of God. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that's the difference is, um, you know, am I in a glass box or am I in a mirror box? (laughs) I'm in my own little glass box and everything's a show. And what can I do? And how can I be everything to everybody? And how can I help my husband with his spiritual walk and my children with their spiritual walk and things like that? Versus I'm going to, internally do my best to keep the mirror that is me clean, free of sin, working on my own self. Because when I do that, it is a shiny surface that can reflect God's love out. Does that analogy make any sense? I'm literally like picturing myself walking around in a box that's made out of mirrors. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's where we're at. Um, I'm about to post a reel about a really delicious rotisserie chicken recipe. Um, I made my own rotisserie chicken spices, put it in a big old jar, and we just get a whole chicken. I rub the spices on it, throw it in the air fryer for about 55 minutes, 50 minutes, and then I'll flip it over and do like another 10 or 
20 minutes on the other side. Skin gets nice and crispy. It's delicious. Use an organic chicken. Save the bones. You can make a bone broth with it. Um, but I'm going to post a little reel with my super high quality reels. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're content creators delight. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know how to do any of this, but I like, I honestly, I kind of don't care. <laughs> like whoever's going to hear this is going to hear this. And maybe if somebody needs a, qu not quick, it's not quick because it's taking an hour, but it took me like, what, three minutes to prepare this. And now we're going to have a rotisserie chicken for dinner. It'd be delicious. It'll be great. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, my kids are still watching this movie. So I'm going to record another podcast instead of rambling into it. Um, just about maybe a few things. What are we going to talk about? Kind of want to talk about decluttering a little bit. Um, because it's been a minute and part of me wants to like do a decluttering challenge just to help my own life out. But I don't know if I have the emotional capacity for that. <laughs> and, um, so, you know, email me if you want to do that or DM me or something. Um, but I also want to talk about like worth because I have a friend who was confiding in me about this earlier and it just kind of hit my heartstrings and I kind of want to talk about like your worth. So we're going to do that. So stay tuned for the next one. Maybe I'll post it tomorrow. Maybe it'll be up in a week. Who knows? <laughs> 